All right. Well, welcome back. Another great episode on the Big Ticket Life. I'm pleased, pleased to have James Hepner on the show with us. He is a self-help hacker. And, you know, it's really interesting how uh, I believe the universe works. Just this week, I repeated to my son who plays football and is in high school as a freshman. I said, be an active participant in your day, not just an observer. And it was one of those dad moments that just like rolled off and it was like the genius halo above. And I read on James's website, one of the things he leaves his uh, website visitors with is, I challenge you to lean into the mystery and become an active participant with that which lies directly before you. So I think, James, that's a great way to bring you on and kick off our show. Stay <laughs> into what you mean by that. <laughs> Firstly, Jeff, thanks for having me on. You're welcome. I, I'd be curious to to uh, ask your son what he thinks you meant by that, because it's it's the observation of the other that 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 uh, passes on. It's fascinating. I think we know what we mean by what we say. But how does the other person onboard it, right? So, yep. I think for me, bottom line, I think participation. It's it's about the only thing that we can do that has much of value. And when I say much of value, uh, contemplation is beautiful. And sitting and uh, just being with things, fantastic. But unless we participate and unless we find a way to let be what is directly in front of us, the good news that we get to participate with whatever it is that's here in front of us, whether it's a win, loss, a draw, whether it's white, black, gray, whether it's good, whether it's bad, however we label this, I think firstly, we have to get beyond the labels. And to your point, living a big ticket life, I, I, um, you know, there's so many achiever, or sorry, achievers out there who are, who are hustling, hustling towards some perceived finish line. And I think hustling is really cool. At the same time, I think striving in an anxious way isn't so cool. <laughs> so we got to find a way yeah. to participate in a calm, relaxed presence, energetic, and just letting it flow. I think if we tap into who we are at a base level, that'll happen naturally. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm i working on, well, I'm not working, I'm done because the, the event host asked for the slides for a stage presentation three weeks early, which was a first. And I, you know, you know, their house, their rules, right? So I um, sent them in. And, and one, of the, one of the things I'm going to talk about is that, you know, the hustle, the balance, there's a lot of like, you know, what my friend Kurt Mercadante calls grind porn out there, hustle mm. and grind porn, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the graphics that I have, I'll give a little teaser, if everybody can connect the dots to where I'll be in October. But one of the things that is a scale, right? And, and like chasing balance, like say you balance everything out on your scale in life. There's the family, there's the business, there's the hobby, there's the finance, freedom, whatever. Let's say it's all balance. What's that dial read? It reads zero. Right. And like, so for me, I believe you find ways to keep what's most important, the most important thing. And you have to, right. And I think as you'll say, and you can share, what is that most important thing people need to be focused on instead of trying to chase all this balance? Because whose, whose definition of balance is it anyway? <laughs> well, and, and it's, I love the way you teed that up. It's pretty easy for me to hit that softball out of the park. <laughs> you know what I, right? That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You just put it right there on the tee and just let me whack it. Yep. The, the, the best part of that is, and listeners, everyone can relate with this. We all can. And a society has such a loud voice. And 
we need to be the one that churns up the dial. If we don't like that it's too noisy out there, and the way I'll put it is we need to increase the signal to noise ratio. It's noisy out there. Who doesn't like a great song? We all like a good song. The only thing is when the song turns into a gong and these clashing cymbals, <laughs> we need to get laser down to who actually are we on the inside. And so um, it's one thing to talk about balance. I talk about work-life integration because anytime you think you have a balance, I mean, if you ever get to a place of perfect balance, that's going to be a very boring life because <laughs> it's right. actually that hardly possible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It just isn't, it's not possible. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did you, let's kind of take a step back. So you're a married guy, you got two kids, two teenage boys, I believe I read that you're immensely proud of. I have that right. I don't want to leave any, any of them out. <laughs> that's, that right? that's all I got. And I got one wife. Okay. Very good. Very good. Um, so take us on the journey of how you, uh, you know, grow up as a kid and become an adult and arrive at a self-help hacker where family is one of the biggest things, most important things you've done. Mm-hmm. Great question. You know, ever since I was really young, I remember thinking that there's just something different going on inside of me. And it's just, there's so many, so many synapses that were firing. And I remember um, constantly asking people for their thoughts. And actually, when I talked to my uncles to this day, they, they actually share with me how when I came to visit them on their farm, I would keep on pegging them with questions and they'd finally have to say, okay, James, enough. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've, I've been someone that's been a ferocious debater of the tensions of life. And I've, I've, I've felt so much of things from within. And let's just say it this way, the first half of my life, I tried to say that was a problem. And I tried to bring an end game to all of it. Uh, I tried to busy myself with success and I got plenty of that. My bank account grew quite quickly. I, I'll never forget the first meal I had in my account. It's kind of nice. Um, and then it got more and more. And then of course, 2008 rolls around and I'm in the real estate market. And uh, my second son was born with high functioning autism. We were audited as a company. And so we're all invited to transition from the first half of life into the second half. And I guess what I mean to say there is, what is that transition? Well, it's typically when a few things coalesce around you and the human tends to think that when we're pressed, it's not a good thing. The only thing is when we're pressed, it, it provides a deeper uh, nudging towards presence. So the more you're pressured, the more presence you're going to have and the more presence you're going to have, um, you know, the more peace you're going to wake up to and the more peace you're going to wake up to, the more passion you're going to have and the more passion you have, the more purpose you have. And so when I look at how I transition from, you know, the life that I'm currently living, which is I have an unshakable love of life now, but that wasn't always how it was. In the last, I wouldn't say former life, this is like the one life that I live as far as I'm concerned, but <laughs> um, well, I'm, there might be something after, but you know, my time here on earth, the first half of my life, like I said, very successful, striving to be really successful and accomplish much of that and trying to just downregulate the voice in my brain and just trying to distract myself with numbers over relationships. And then, of course, the stories happened, 2008, the sun, different things. And let's say it like this. I found a way to successfully check out a life. Um, and, that, and that checking out was for two and a half years. I found a way to successfully sleep 18 and a half hours, a bloody day, my friend, one day, every day for two and a half years. Almost lost my family, almost lost all my business, almost all these things. And I never forget in the midst of it all thinking, 
you know, James, the one thing you might want to consider is if something isn't working and what I was utilizing is I was utilizing the tool of elimination. Why not just eliminate? If I have a thought, just eliminate it. This, this can't be beneficial. I was stupid there. I was stupid there. I'm never doing that again. And I kept doing this in my brain and tried thinking my way through the mess inside. But at year two of checking out, I'm like, I got to try something radically different. I'm like, what am I going to try? And finally, I just resonated into, I'm just going to let it go and I'm just going to let myself be. <laughs> so uh, let's just say like this. I went from eliminating to, to utilizing and tapping into and letting it all mean something. And what's fascinating, so today, I think the industry, the self-development industry found me and the reason people call me a self-help hacker, it wasn't something that I coined. People just mentioned this about me. I take many different methodologies, modalities, and I bring it together. On it. And, I, and I have the ability um, to laser down pretty quick and figure out the master switch of someone's life. And, and let me say it like this. That all comes because I've treated myself, and I'll be honest, I've treated myself quite unkindly for the first half of my life. And so I know what it looks like to not want to see it. But I also know what it looks like to take courageous um, movements and participate with things that you think were sent to take you down. And actually the reality is they're here to bring you up. And so, yeah, you're right. My wife, kids, I love them to bits. <laughs> they are, they're the pride and joy of my life. And I'll just put it to you this way. I, I once in my former life would say joy comes in the morning, M-O-R-N-I-G. Like when the sun rises, that's beautiful. That's when joy is. But then I realized joy comes both in the morning, spelt when the sun rises, M-O-R-N-I-G, and M-O-U-R-N-I-G. Joy comes because of both. And so I'm just happy to get to participate. I get to be here with you and I get to just share yep. and I get to learn from you. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you brought it up. Um, so I hope it's okay to discuss because I think that the power of this medium is is creating connection podcasting. I actually run a second podcast for a retail business I have ownership in. I'm a co-owner of it's a community podcast, real niche focused in the in the local community that we serve at a retail level. Uh, and we highlight charities, people doing good. So you brought up your son has autism. And I think one of the cool things about this medium is the connection. So first, um, how much of a blessing is your son? Well, both of your sons are, but your son with autism. What have you learned by working with him uh, through the different abilities that he has in life? And then two, I want to share with you something really cool from a guest that I had on, because I think it's game-changing. It's bringing the metaverse to folks with autism to learn life skills. And I'll leave it at that. So let's, if you're okay, are you okay with this Please. part of the discussion? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so let's talk about your son with autism. What's first, what's his name? Mm -hmm. Harrison. Harrison. Harrison, Harrison Gray. Yeah, Harrison Gray. Um, we actually wanted to call Harrison <laughs> um, King, King Harrison Hepner. We didn't know he had autism, but we liked the name King. And what's fascinating is that little man is quite the king because if you ever meet that guy, that guy's got a passion for life and he does his life on his own terms. That's it. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> it's just how it's going to be. So interestingly though, we called him Harrison Gray Hepner. And the one thing that I've learned from Harrison, there's many things, but one thing in particular is Harrison loves Star Wars. And he schooled me a couple of years ago because I was getting trying to get behind 
this is the good side, Harrison. That's the bad side, right? Like the the good side is the you know non dark side, and the bad side's a dark side. And he he had to kind of he leaned in and listen, listen. He goes, Dad, you're not getting it. It's not good or bad. And I was raised in a very fundamentalist Christian home, and there's a lot of right and wrong, good bad. I'm not saying mm-hmm. faith tradition is not good. I still have a faith tradition, and I and I really appreciate it. Um, but I think the goodness of life is often lived in the gray spot. And what's interesting mm. is Harrison and I, we have very similar brains. So I've never been tested. But who you see, see today here, I've worked ferociously on this individual. I, I, I once had difficulty communicating, massive difficulty. I'd stutter like crazy. And I remember the speech therapist who visited me in grade eight said, you don't have a speech impediment. Your brain just thinks so fast, your tongue can't keep up. And so the one thing that I'll share with you that changed my life about Harrison is when he was born in 2008 came and I was audited and we owed the government a couple hundred thousand dollars. We had the money, but you know how it is as investors, business owners, we have an ear take for some different. It's a surprise. We don't want to pay it. Right. Mm -hmm. The one thing about Harrison it's, I remember thinking to myself when I was going through all that strain and you know, when you're pressed from all sides, what do you do? You look around and you begin to, if you're not careful, you begin to wish that it was better. You wish it wasn't you. You wish it wasn't you. You wish it just go away. And the thing about Harrison, he's not good or bad. He's not right or wrong, but he holds those tensions so deeply. And if you meet that guy, he's the one that talks to himself all the time. He wears a shirt saying, I like talking to myself because I like what goes on in here. Harrison brought into me, into my world, finally, the acceptance of who I am and how I debate the tensions of life. And honestly, if it wasn't for him, this industry may may never have found me. And I might still be like striving for something. And there's nothing wrong with striving. Like, gee, I think being an achiever is great. And being a ferocious achiever is great. But if you want to live fully and live fully alive, you have to be able to onboard a win and a loss and not say it's right or wrong, good or bad. But you have to let the win and loss draw you to the gray. And the gray is not to feel anything. No way. The gray is to feel tremendous. But a tremendous what appreciation for this ability that we get to participate with this here now is incredible. And so to me, that's what it ends up being. I He, in essence, finally... I gave myself permission to exist instead of looking for other people to give me permission to exist. And it was just the most yeah. beautiful thing. I, I just own, I just look at his life and I go, dude, you do it so well. And it's almost like you're, you're like, everybody can do their own life, their own way. I'm just designing my own life. Harrison says, so for yeah. me, that's just who I've become. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, how old is Harrison? He's 15. 15. All right. Very cool. Um, I love, so, uh, obviously, the living in the in the gray uh, area of life. I mean, what a poetic connection to mm-hmm. his his middle name, right? That's very. I cool. know. Yeah, we couldn't have. That's, that's so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, not to bring up, you know, not to go down the the faith road. We don't have to, but like you said, you you still have a faith aspect of your life. I mean, mm-hmm. you kind of have to think, boy, that's mm-hmm. all right. That's the universe saying something to me. Mm-hmm. I, I'll accept that. I mean, that's the way I would probably take that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, to be honest, I'm a, uh, a faith. We were over at a friend's house uh, on the weekend. They're moving to Australia. So we just did our final goodbyes for them for a bit. And 
And uh, one of the things you brought up, and he was actually one of the first coaches I ever had. He was one of Tony Robbins' top five coaches in the world. And he says to me, you know, James, one thing that I will say about you is you approach everything about life through faith. Like my my dad was a pastor of a mega church, and so I was raised to always uh, lean on something greater than my own ability. And I think that was really cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, he did his faith, or they did. We were taught what to think, and maybe not how to think, <laughs> and that created some issue. Right. You know, so I've I've um, now become someone who transcends through inclusion versus transcending through exclusion, and that's probably the primary yeah. difference. So, uh, but no faith. And thanks for bringing that up. Faith is faith. I think is the to me. It's the it it is the game. It, I mean, everything is spiritual. And the primary language that we were all born with is empathy. And so we're all connected, whether we like to think it or not. And we are. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Uh, I really like that. What you said there, transcend through inclusion. You know, uh, people have different appetites for faith, different tolerance for faith. The way I look at it is if we believe that there is nothing greater than us in this world or in our lives, I think that's an interesting thought for someone mm. to have. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to judge it, but I think if it stops with greatness at us as humans, mm-hmm. um, that's an interesting position to take. When you really, like I mm-hmm. set up at my campsite and I'll look up at the stars and I just begin to think, well, mm-hmm. how far away is that one? How did that one come to be? And <laughs> how is it that I'm sitting here right now? It, it, it's, it begins this real, like, I, I can, I can kind of sit back and relax in the zero gravity chair for about an hour and just kind of get lost in that thought, um, that thought process and see where it takes me. But, um, you know, throughout your sharing with Harrison, uh, his life with you, his time with you, um, you, you talked about invited the transition, which kind of sounds like something I say often, like things happen for us, not to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as you see it, is that, does that kind of marry up with your thinking of invited the transition in life or is it different? What do you mean by that? I think it was all a setup. Um, you know, in the moment, of course, gosh, when we feel the pressure, what do most of us want to do? We, you know, we think perhaps this isn't good. And, um, you know, we, you know, we seem to think that I think a problem, honestly, is a striving towards a utopic life. <laughs> and I think, Harrison, to that point, Harrison says, if there is a heaven and it's where everything is perfect and nothing needs to be done, he goes, I don't want to go. Harrison's a deep faith person, which by the way, when he was born, the doctor said he probably won't have an ability to to have a spiritual, like a faith uh, because he's not set up for it. If there's one person in our family that wrestles with faith intensely, it's Harrison. We all do, but Harrison for sure. And so- What what an interesting comment for a doctor to make of a newborn. And he also said that Harrison would probably never be able to run properly. And Harrison's the fastest runner in our family. So, hey. Sounds like, it, sounds like a kid. If you tell him you can't, he's going to show you. <laughs> that's, exa- that's exactly what it is. A hundred percent, right? And, gee, you know, to your, <laughs> to, I know. To your point, when you talk about sitting in the chair, gosh, who doesn't like to feel both big and small? We like a big ticket life, but think about Icarus. If he's flying up and it's just big, big, big. If bigger is always better, I get what you're doing in the big ticket life. Big, in my opinion, what you're doing here is you're saying big ticket as in like embrace it all. Let it all serve you. Let it all belong. It's like, yeah, when yep. I go for a walk and I accidentally step on an anthill, I don't love the thought that I just killed probably about a million ants. The only thing, so I feel thankful in that moment that I get to be a little big. But in the evening, 
when the stars are out, who doesn't like, I like to lay on the grass with my wife every now and again and just look at the stars and be like, gosh, I don't have to be like the one holding this all together or having to create, like, this is incredible. I get to just be small. Like the power of feeling both big yep. and small, not either or, but both at the same time, to me is incredible. You know, one of the things that that this all brought up for me is, gosh, think about the survival needs. Things like, am I worthy and am I enough? In my opinion, if you don't have a faith, and again, I don't want to seem like you say judgmental or lean biasly any which way. Everybody, I respect everyone's way of doing life. And if they choose not to have a faith, that's up to them. But I look at it like this. When I think about sometimes in life, actually always, who doesn't, when you go to an event, if, and when I host events, you ask you different questions, like not worthy, not enough. That comes up all the time. And you know, I'm sure you can relate with that, right? Yeah. Yep. And so when I think about this, I think to myself, you know, we as society, we tend, if I observe what's happening in today's world, we tend to really be in the throes of, am I thriving and am I not? And if we're not thriving, we, we, you know, we get resentful. And mm. I think what's fascinating is our thriving is built on to the exact degree that we can properly appreciate and enjoy our survival mechanism. Because here's the thing, am I enough? Actually, instead of being like, that's a silly question, it's a limiting belief, let's first be grateful for that thought. In my opinion, am I enough? It's like, if I think I am everything, then I have no need of you. I have no need of anyone. And I'm just going to be like the one that dominates and I'm a dictator over every. Listen, to some degree, I'm not enough. And that has me stand next to the co-creator, next to the universe, whatever you want to call it, source, God. That has me have need of that source, you know, or am I worthy? Well, to some degree I am, but to some degree I'm not because I'm both a great person and I'm someone that doesn't do great things sometimes. Like I'm both. And so I think to be fully alive in, in the essence of your survival, and if you see not just the hostile side of the survival mechanism, but you see the benign side. We, In my opinion, we got to get behind both sides and debate those tensions because if we don't, we're anxiously rushing beyond survival going, no, we're not dealing with that yep. shit. And then we try to thrive and we got no stability. <laughs> we got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, very, very valid point. You know, um, if we can't, if we can't like enjoy uh, the harder parts, mm. you can't, you, it, you can't enjoy when you're successful because I, I mm. think you kind of cloud mm. what both mm. really are. Mm. Right. There's just no basis. There's no foundation there to to, uh, to enjoy it. Um, so before we move on too much further, because I brought up this very cool thing about autism and the metaverse, um, and 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 I feel compelled to share this because that's another way to get it out. So I had this guest on Paragon. They're local to me in Lancaster, Berks County, Pennsylvania. Okay, so you're way out there, Western Canada, right? Vancouver, is that correct? True. Yes. Yeah. So you're way far away, uh, but. Because of the metaverse, you, you're like, you know, probably an Oculus connection away, right? Mm -hmm. So Paragon goes and develops. Uh, one, of, one of the ladies on the team has this idea to bring the metaverse to folks who have autism. Because for some, you know, as they grow up and leave the educational system, which is a great support for a lot of parents and families, they have to be able to function on their own, right? At times. And so they created all this functional activity and gamification to what everyday life is like. Mm -hmm. So like if you're, if you're somebody with autism, that would be, it would be dangerous for you to hold scissors and, and cook and, mm -hmm. you know, make a meal with sharp knives and utensils and pots and pans. 
they can they can have you work through those skills and gain skills and understand safety in the metaverse. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that is just so very cool. And I'm a I'm I'm somebody who looks very cautiously at big tech um, mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. I think we would mm-hmm. probably agree on, but mm-hmm. um, but for this, I think it this is where. The, the, the birth of an idea, which I love creating things, the business capitalistic aspect, which I love, and then the do good overlay and help people. It's like the trifecta for me. So I, I love talking about it. And this only was like earlier this week or no, it was last week that we had this show. Uh, I've shared it out to our local school. Um, because I know our, like locally here in the States, our teachers are. Uh, especially uh, special education teachers, they are burdened. Uh, so a service like this can like expand their teaching capabilities, provide mm. some pressure relief in their day, and ultimately it serves these kids and these people so well. So I just again, I sorry to take up your time here on the show, I love it. but I think it's connect. Like, how cool is that? Is there, have you been as a parent with a child with autism? Have you been exposed to any mm. services like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, that's a great. Um, I love that play, and what I love most about it is you brought right into the right into the center of the conversation. I think something that us parents, um, us guardians of the children, or different people that we've been, you know, you know, given to kind of help along in life. I'll say it like this, and I think Harrison's helped me as much as I've helped him. <laughs> I think you clearly hear it. Um, yep. which, which, which by the, yeah, Harrison's the, you know, the guy on the left-hand side. So Harrison's a high functioning autistic, uh, child. He's, he's a thinker. The guy's a, a firecracker of a soul. Um, Harrison, when he was diagnosed, I remember the, um, physician said, and this was the, a different physician than the one saying you might not have a faith and different things like that. Uh, but the person who diagnosed him with autism said, you know, the thing about Harrison is, you will find he has a ferocious focus on the things that interest him. Ferocious. Like when he's lasered in, he's dialed in. That's it. He is in. And Harrison's in the 99th percentile for memorization. So I can give him a document and let's imagine this paper was full of text at this size font. He'd read it once, maybe twice, and he'd have it verbatim. If If he watches a commercial and he likes it, like we love watching Survivor. And there's a commercial that plays at a certain time. And we saw the commercial once. And the next time it played, he, we, we normally put our commercials on mute. because We just want to touch in the family. We have some popcorn. We go to the bathroom. And then Harrison looking at the screen. And all of a sudden, we, I hear someone. And by the way, he's pitch perfect. I hear someone. <laughs> and I go, wait a minute. Is the TV on? What's going on? And Harrison's narrating this commercial. We've heard it once. We laughed. We loved it wow. so much. And he just does this, right? And so... When Harrison's really focused, and let's be honest, the metaverse, right? The, the the whole age of information, like whatever is available. What I think is very, very, very cool is the internet gives him exactly what he's looking for. And though mm. that can be scary, but to some degree that's beautiful because Harrison, like us all, wants to connect with something. And that guy goes on yeah. such a deep dive he knows the metrics of like random facts for like, holy shit, like pardon the language, but the guy is just deep on all things. Like, how do you know this stuff? And I'll never forget when we first 
put them into private school. Uh, it was a beautiful school. Teachers were lovely, awesome. Grade one is fantastic. Then in grade two, he gets this, this teacher who's clearly disturbed that Harrison has a certain way. And we never got him diagnosed so that he would stand out as a child that needed to be corrected. That wasn't the reason. We did it so that we would know how to best assist him because he's not disabled. He's differently able. Like we need to like come alongside yep. him. And our philosophy here in our home, and my wife Meg set this right when he was born, the intention that is. He doesn't have to change to become like us because some people will come to us and say, aren't you worrying? We say, why? Well, you know, you're going to have to teach him how to be like us. And, and she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, we get to learn from him. He gets to learn from us. So anyway, there's this grade two teacher and she was so disturbed because he was writing on his racer. He was just kind of doodling on his eraser. And so my wife goes to school and just kind of checks out what's going on and sits on a few classes. And then she comes home and she goes, what is he supposed to do? He's so bored. Like there's nothing going on. He's just yeah. doing something. But because yep. he was diagnosed, she said, see, I see the problem. And now the very the reason and the positive intent that we had behind diagnosing, it just became something where she could target, see, that's a problem. And so when I look yep. at it, what we need in today's, you know, and sorry if I'm going off the rails and taking it a certain angle. No, man. No, <laughs> right? go for it. Yeah. Um, I think what we need um, in today's world and to all you teachers out there, I can only imagine how difficult it is. You got a classroom of kids and there's one child that's running on the racer. The next child's like wiggling his chair. It's hard. It's hard to like hold it. So please, this is not perfection show here, <laughs> but I think what no, we right. need mostly is just like, in my opinion, being a beneficial human, what you do is you wrap yourself around who the person is in front of you. You don't say, first, I'll change them. It's like when Meg and I go for a walk, there's a little studio. It's a yoga studio. And on the door, it's for, you know, it's for females. And on the door, it says, uh, shape it, sculpt it, something, and then love it. So at the end, you love it. But first, you have to like basically say you hate yourself. And you have to sculpt. And so some reason, right. you're, you're supposed to have energy towards doing the loving part when apparently you're saying, I don't look good, so I got to shape it and sculpt it. First, we got to say, who is this child? Who is this human in front of me? And then from that perspective, we got to be, we got to use that as the good news, you know? And so, so I think, I mean, and, and, you know, individuals who talk about autism, um, you know, will, will know that to some degree we're, we're all on the spectrum. It's just what society does is if we don't understand the human, then we have orchestrated uh, this setup that says, well, they're either high functioning or low uh, functioning. If they're high functioning, they try to give meds to sedate them back so that they're normal. <laughs> and if they're low functioning, let's speed them up, right? So apparently we right. have the creme de la creme. We are the gods of the universe. <laughs> I'm going, wait a minute, hang on. So no, to your point, I absolutely love when I see stuff like that. I absolutely love it. I do have hesitation with like metaverse. Of course, I have a little hesitation. Yeah. But you know what? Honestly, it's a specific thing that allows parents the confidence to be like children safe. Like Harrison the other day, um, he's so interested in stuff and how, what, what will happen. All of a sudden I could smell that. Um, it just smelled like fire. I didn't know what was going on. And then all of a sudden he heard the fire alarm go off. <laughs> and I said, and I walked around the house and I'm working from the home office now. And Harrison and I were the only one home. And I said, Hey Harrison, do you know what's going on? And he goes, no, I don't have a clue. <laughs> and I said, well, it just smells like fire. Like, did you light a fire somewhere? And he goes, well, I just lit like a roll, roll of toilet paper on fire in the bathroom sink. I just wanted to see what was going to happen, but you know, so, so you know what? And then yesterday we go for a long walk. And so it is like for us as parents, when it comes to safety, we do want to know that there's resources that come around and they're like yeah. weird videos that grab the attention of weird. What I mean to say is catchy little things. I think it's super cool. So we got to find a way in. 
because these are fully functioning uh, participants of society if we let them be, if we set them up to. So thanks for sharing. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's um, it's one of those things. Like I'm a big champion for you know Harrison never chose, didn't get a vote, didn't get a chance to vote on his path, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was blessed to have great parents, but didn't get a chance to to vote on that path. And um, you know, seems like he's owning it, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Seems like he's just a great, great young man. Mm-hmm. Um, happy we could get to talk about that. I'm happy I could shine some light again on Paragon because. I know, I know in our local district where I live, where my, my youngest boy now goes to school, I know they're overburdened. Mm. Um, so I think, I think as we move on, like if, if you're listening to this and you know of resources, you, you've heard this show and it could be an inspiration to a family that's, that has someone with autism and share it, please. And, and, you know, we need to do things like that. So thanks well, for the time on this part. Yeah, Jeff, and if you don't mind, I'll just kind of toss my, if it's okay, I'll just toss 100%. my name out. If anybody wants to reach out to me and just have a little conversation, listen, I know being a parent um, of a child where society doesn't really know properly what to do, and it's all honestly quite often to diagnose, to try to pull back into the norm of life. Listen, if that's not what you crave for your child, reach out to me. Listen, no strings attached. Just connect with me. Say Hello. Just, you know, you can share the tension you're feeling, there whatever's you go. going on. We can have a little yep. conversation, whatever that looks like for you. I just want the best for you. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. That's mm-hmm. very cool of you. Thank you. Uh, and that's not even your primary thing, you know, but you, I know you, uh, I've known you now well enough for 36 minutes to know that you'll throw yourself into those conversations. Um, you know, you talked about onboarding wins and losses. And that's, I think that's a big, a big uh, focus of what you do when you look to help people. So, what are we talking about onboarding losses specifically? And of course, onboarding mm-hmm. wins. I think mm-hmm. I know, but I'm going to let you, it's your thing. Why don't you talk about it? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, and the reason that I chose uh, weekly wins and losses, the term win and loss, um, it's not necessarily what I think is high state living, but let's be honest, the survival brain is thinking, am I winning or losing? That's what happens, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, you know, you look at people and they have great ideas, but they kind of hesitate when it's time to take bold action on executing and initiating that initiative. And I think a large part of that comes because us humans, we fear the evidence that will appear when we create. And it's the evidence like, will we have the capacity? Will we have the capacity to handle whatever comes? And what is going to come? It isn't the reality of life isn't that you can orchestrate it so that um, you will get predominantly wins in life or predominantly, well, I guess you can't to some degree orchestrate or you constantly feel like you're losing. I guess that would be reality. But honest reality beyond fantasy is whatever you create. Think about the last time you created anything or you asked a girl out on a date or I don't care what it is, anything you did, did it ever turn out exactly the way you thought? The answer is no, it never does. So if that reality that states that things never turn out as you had thought they would, then it's not just a possibility that you're going to lose about 50%. You're going to perceive that you're losing 50% of the time. And losing isn't like, you know, I lost a bunch of money necessarily or I lost in business. Losing is just, it didn't work out as I thought. The happily ever after, it wasn't quite how I projected. I thought it was going to be a purple rose, not a red one. So if it is reality, 
that half of life, half of life is going to go a little bit different, like to the bottom side and bottom doesn't need to be bad. It's just bottom, which is the loss. And half will be a little bit more towards the top, which is the win. Listen, it's not just a possibility that things will be different than you thought. It's not just a probability. It's an inevitability. So because it's an inevitability, I have found by working with my clients, I, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, I work with some pretty high value, high ticket, high level decision makers. And to the exact degree that you learn how to utilize the losses of your life, to the, that degree is how you will experience the next level of life. And we're, we're not talking about, you know, a life of just being okay with how it is. You see, ferocious achievers, non-anxious, ferocious achievers, they want to know what they can truly handle. What's the capacity? And again, I'm an amateur in the Bible, but the one thing that I know, and many spiritual teachers uh, uh, you know, reveal this mechanism, and that is, you know, character like Jesus, what he really did, I mean, he did many things, but what he really did is he returned the authority back to the human. Mm-hmm. And he basically revealed to them yep. that, you know what, you have the capacity to deal with this. If people just gave it all to him and just said, you take it all, he was like, unless you participate, so there's to your play, unless you participate. And participating yeah. is is what? In my opinion, participating is letting it be. First, we have to let it be and let it in. Then we get to work with it. So if a loss, something happens in our life and we perceive it as a loss or just frankly didn't turn out the way we thought it would be, you know, we have to do a little funeral. It's like whenever I launch a business venture, the second day into the venture, I actually plan a mini funeral. And I actually schedule it in and I write down, you know, how it didn't work out because unless I do that, I'm just pushing away and I'm not processing and I'm negating the gift of, mm. I have the capacity, I have the authority to handle this. Watch this. It's not in spite of your loss. It's because of your losses. It's because of your wins. It's because of yeah. everything. It's all a setup. If the human, and I know you'll know this better than most, it's a setup if we let it, yeah. but we have to let the light in. We have to let the light. I'm friends with Tony Robbins' father-in-law, Bill Humphreys, and he always reminds me of that. He says, James, he helps so many people. He's the he's the person who brought AA to British Columbia. And he says, listen, the one thing that I would see constantly is what, what stumps people is if they choose not to let the light in. And where does light come? Light comes from many areas. And I'm just going to remind all of us, a light, light too comes from discomfort. It comes from yep. difference. And it comes right. It comes from those areas, and so to yep, walk away 100%. from that, you're walking away from acres of diamonds. You know, there's this book, "Acres of Diamonds Backyard" kind of thing, or yep. the saying, "If you want acres of diamonds, you're going to get curious." And instead of looking for where can I anxiously be creating more wins and just kind of like, no, that other crap is crap. Slow it down. In my opinion, people I work with, we slow it down and we work there. And it's and it's people think it initially it's heavy work, and it's like really like. Dark work, dark energy. Actually, it's beautiful. You put on a backpack, you grab a flashlight, you go down the hole, you investigate, and you're like, whoa, what's this? It's like a child. You don't have to label everything good or bad. It just is. Yeah. I I love that you have you launch a business and then the next day you have this like little celebratory. If I'm understanding what you're doing, you're like celebrating the failures early because you know they're gonna happen. So you're just giving it the time and space right away before it's all a mess later, right? And and that, I, I love how you're doing that. It, mm-hmm. Like, that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it almost, like to me, so I coached youth football for a number of years. 
nice. uh, six years. And I actually, Sunday was just at um, the game of the boys who are now in seventh mm-hmm. grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, this was like the last class that I coached, so to say. Uh, I haven't coached for a couple of years, but this is their final game. It was at our high school stadium against the Crosstown Rivals. So like this week's always the big week. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went out to watch them and, you know, all, in all of my time, I would remind these these young boys like, hey, you false start, you go off sides. Um, who's your favorite team? Hmm. You know, we're at Eagles country, Steelers country. So they would name one of those teams or one of those players. But like, you know, he still does that. He's a paid professional. Hmm. You're eight, hmm. you're 10, hmm. you're 11. Hmm. It's all right. You're here to learn. Hmm. We'll get through it. Hmm. Yeah, you're not happy. I'm not happy because we've worked on this for seven weeks. But we'll work on it for four more. It's all right. We'll get through it, you know. And and like dropping balls, like that happens, you know. Um, it's your normal. Receiver, that's it's, normal. <laughs> paid professionals get to do it, you know. It happens, you know. And I, I use another analogy: like a Hall of Fame baseball player has a three hundred batting average. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Seven times out of ten, they had they took a loss, right? Mm-hmm. They they struck out, thrown out. Um. I don't know how else to get out in baseball. I guess that's it. Strike out, get thrown out, right? So, um, or fly out, you know? So seven out of 10 times you took that loss. So that acceptance of it and understanding it's built into your life mm. um, and not stressing over it is really important. Anything to add to that? I'm sure you do. <laughs> well, uh, I, you know, I think you said that so eloquently, uh, Jeff. I, uh, I don't know what to say other than When the human realizes that it has the capacity, here we go again. When you realize you have the capacity to onboard both a win and a loss, and when you do the inner work, where finally you reveal to yourself, you don't flinch when you lose, where you don't react. Gosh, when the human wakes up to that truth, Mm, that's powerful. It's just lights out. Like, what won't you touch and try? Honestly, see, you no longer fear the evidence because the evidence is going to appear. And what's going to appear is you're going to perceive the either win or loss. And if you, if, if you decide that it must be, it must be so that there's something here that I can mine from and you claim the gift, don't wait for the gift. All this waiting and hoping and all that crap. Don't get me wrong. I know patience. I love patience. But to a large degree, there's a lot of people who are saying, well, we're just hoping and praying it gets better. And it's like, have you ever thought of like also like just doing something about it? Like just doing something small. Like what can you, because we're all co-creators. We're we're called to the table. We're called to participate. If we're not participating, listen, there's 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 no self-respect that happens. Self-respect happens when you think you don't have the ability to handle it. And that's, I mean, anytime you choose a big goal, you choose something that subtly, in my opinion, you're actually, you're actually uh, having this feel that maybe whatever happens, you won't have the ability to handle it. And then you go through with it and it's worse than you think. And then what you yeah. do is you sit with it and you're like, I too can handle this. And honestly, I mean, Jesus said, you will do what I've done and greater. Basically, he just said, listen, you will take what the world says is heavy. And if you let it be at peace inside of yourself and what it requires to be at peace is feeling both the win and the loss and letting that serve you towards life. I got a little picture of my office, a picture of a lion and a lamb. 
I'll never forget when I was going through my story and I checked out a life. I remember when I came out of this, I remember thinking, you know, the problem is I was too much of a lion before. I was just dominating and controlling and, you know, all this kind of stuff and too firm. Then I looked at my wife and she was like, she's really soft and really like a beautiful soul and, you know, really like a peaceful presence. And I thought, you know, that's what I, I got to do that to live a big ticket life. I got to, I got to be like that, the, the, you know, the lamp. I tried right. that for a while and the energy in my life, the shit spot of life, it just kind of went away. I didn't have energy. And I thought, well, what's the problem? And I remember just going, okay, wait a minute. Who is this Jesus person? And I remember I, I opened in, in that time, I opened my Bible and I said, okay, and I was reading other spiritual books too, but I went back to like, uh, you know, and, and, and Ecclesiastes, there's, I think it's Ecclesiastes four. And I read the, 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 the languaging and it says a time for love and a time for hate. I thought I read that love and hate. And I thought, wow, this Jesus figure must have been like completely full of willpower. Like, how didn't this exhaust? I wonder if that's why he went to the mountains to like re regroup. And then I talked to a friend and a friend says, that's interesting. He read that. How about you like open that, that, that certain page again and read what it actually says. I says, what do you mean? He goes, I'm going to read it for you right now. We're online. He goes, time for love, time for love. Um, sorry. I originally thought love, hate or love. I messed it up. This or that. And it actually says uh, love yep. and hate, both and. Yep. And so this is where I realized that the lion and the lamb together, not needing to choose this one or that one, but I just call it a ferocious love where you just tap into, you don't have to use mm. willpower to go, am I firm or am I soft? You get to be a human being and you get to feel it all and you get to experience. It's not good or bad when you feel these things. Just, just allow your shoulders to get a little wider. That's ego container expansion. That's what we all want. We want our egos yep. to get smaller and our expansion, our ability to hold. That's all Jesus did. People have just brought things because it's too heavy for them to hold. And he says, oh, you bring it to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He says, you bring it to me. I'll hold it. No problem. Why? In my opinion, he just handled his ability to handle the thought of a win and a loss. And it was safe for him. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, uh, yeah, that's very, very insightful. Very insightful. Like Sorry for going lot. so spiritual. <laughs> no, no. Look, man. I mean, look. It's it's uh, you know we're not we're not going to hold a revival here in the last five ten minutes of our time together or anything like that. You take this in, you apply it to your level where you're at, your frequency. Um, you know, you uh, you could you know you can take this as noise, but as you said earlier, James, and I love what you said. Uh, I hope you would choose you listening to this or watching that you would just increase that signal a little bit. Uh, again, because I think, I think thinking more of this, the thing in this world, yeah, there, there's a lot greater than ourselves, even, even if it's just other people, you know, mm -hmm. just that, that acceptance that there are, there are greater things out there. Um, man, I've loved our conversation. Um, so you help a lot of people. Um, why don't you share ways to connect with you, the things that you do, how you help others? Um, touch on that as we look to wrap up our talk. Super simple. Just go to www.jameshepner.com. And on that page, you'll find there's um, an area we have. Currently, we have one podcast. It's the Weekly Wins and Losses podcast. You're going to see a new podcast pop up shortly. And it's called Ferocious Achiever. And, uh, you know, you can... Play around Love with, listen line. to, yeah, yeah. You can play around, listen. And by the way, a ferocious achiever isn't so that we can anxiously strive. <laughs> it's another level of achieving. It's that we get to, we get to tap into a new dimension, a brand new dimension of achievements. And um, yeah. so, so anyway, there's the weekly wins and losses. And then again, like I said, ferocious achievers will be coming up shortly. 
in about two weeks or so. And there's also a little blog that I have. I th- would say that one of your best, um, well, best, the, the, the free gift for all of you is if you go to Weekly Wins and Losses and scroll down in that page, if you want an experience, then um, when you scroll down, there's a little link that says join this Friday's call. And join this Friday's call under the Weekly Wins and Losses um, tab at the very top. Uh, that will give you the ability to join a weekly call where what we do is we have people from around the world checking in and I have a little teaching the first 10 minutes or so. And then after each person, as they wish, if they choose to, they can share both a win and a loss. And, you know, to your point, Jeff, right? We normalize. Uh, we don't solve anything. It's just something that is something that's happened. And gosh, you know, you should see people's eyes when they realize that firstly, they hear losses and wins that are bigger than theirs. So it puts everything in nice perspective. But uh, gosh, you know, the the activation with when you observe the activation of somebody realizing they have the capacity to hold something, it's just incredible. It's just incredible. So yeah, yeah, if you want to go there. And of course, um, for those of you that are deeply hungry, I have one-on-one coaching and that's and that's my primary work. I do a lot of um, you know, like the podcast, all that work is is absolutely no charge. You can tap in and, and, and you know, I honestly, I made that a decision. I had to make sure I make myself available to people, not just when it's paid, but if you really want to dig into some deep work, um, stuff we talk about, just go to the one-on-one coaching and reach out to me there and contact me there. So, yeah, very good. Uh, you know, I love the structure um, of your weekly wins and losses time with people. It's almost like that, you know, you said your, yourself and your wife, I believe you said her name was Meg. Meg. Is that mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You guys like to lay in the grass and just mm-hmm. kind of be together. And, and really, I mean, you know, you, you probably know this. You're, you're actually grounding your body. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, natural frequencies, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Not to get all woo-woo, but I mean, it's a real thing. Like, you know, <laughs> Hey, you, I you sent put you a up earlier. <laughs> you put a volt meter at the ground, it's going to move. It's not, it's not woo-woo. It's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, our bodies are electromagnetic. There's, it, it's natural. It feels good. Um, it's what I do at my campsite. But in a way, you're kind of like grounding people, bringing everybody together in that weekly wins and losses moment. Because you said something. You're like, you're going to see losses bigger than yours. You're going to see wins bigger than yours. But you're internalizing the fact that these things happen. And I think we all need that mm-hmm. reminder. Because, you know, um, the, and the voices are so loud. Social media is so loud. You're trying to say, I, I touched on balance. Well, whose definition of balance, right? Like, mm-hmm. just remember, folks, mm-hmm. um, that that's somebody else's definition. It's perfectly all right to define yours. Like, you can have your own definition of balance. You can have your own definition of a win and of a loss. And, and just be it. Just be there with yourself. And James, man, I really love how you've given to the listeners today and all the ways that you can have people connect with you. And that weekly wins and losses podcast is very cool. And that call is too, so... That's right on the site, right under wins and losses. We showed you on the video. If you're watching this later, uh, James's contact info is in all the show notes. If you're listening in audio, it's in all the show notes there. So just click it in whatever device you're listening to it on. Uh, James, man, this has been a real pleasure. Um, so we don't leave one of your fans. What's your other boy's name? Rowan, R-O-H-N, Rowan. Rowan, nice. Mm-hmm. And what's Rowan in uh, yeah, we thought he was going to be into personal development work, but he likes computer coding. <laughs> so, oh, he's cool. Into, 
Yeah. But he's, he's incredible. Like the kid is just, is amazing. And he's such a great brother for Harrison. Uh, and you know, honestly, just thinking about them just makes me, makes me tear up and laugh at the same time. Uh, those kids are the joy yeah. of my life and they've taught me so much. Just like you, Jeff, I'll be totally honest. I've been honored to be on the show and, you know, I like to learn wherever I go and I learned a few new things today and I love how you, you know, how you listen and how you put things together in your own way. Um, so just keep up the good work, well, my you. friend. It's just yeah, incredible. Thank, thank you. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this medium. Love get to meet great people like you through it. So, uh, on that note, man, I hope you've all enjoyed this episode. I know I did. Hosts always say that, but look, it's incumbent on the host to put good people in your ears and on your eyeballs. So, uh, if a host never says that, you question what they're doing. But anyway, um, James, man, it's been it's been fun. Really been fun. Really enjoy our time together. Uh, thank you for taking the time for my listeners. I thank you for them, and I appreciate you. And uh, that's going to be this week's show on the Big Ticket Life. So we'll see you next time. See you next week. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own Big Ticket Life. And now it's time to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.bigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, All your life, you've been told what is and what isn't possible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat in your business, away from commodity and away from competition into a market of one so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift. Book your call. Go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.